What's up, tribe? Welcome back to the podcast that brings you closer to the world's biggest risk takers and enemies of the status quo. This podcast is for people who want to take the plunge in life but need a little nudge. I am your host, Coach Darren K. Roberts. Went from Harvard Law to the NFL by the grace of God and good old-fashioned grit. And today, we have Ari Gutnick, self-proclaimed explorer. How you doing? Here with us to tell us about his travels. Ari, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. How about you? It's good to have you. Let me tell you something. You are a man in demand. (laughs) You have traveled the world, made the trek from L.A. to New York. Yes. And I just want to, before we jump into this, how did this come about? Like, just, just take us back to the beginning you know, you're, are you in your shower? You have this idea? Like, yeah. how's this coming about, man? Um, you know, I think that's, you know, it's funny that you're starting out with that question because it's the toughest one, I think. Um, and the reason is, is because there was no really aha moment. Hmm. There was no, you know, morning that I woke up and I said, oh, wow, I got this crazy idea. I'm going to go from L.A. to New York by using social media, you know, not going further than four degrees of separation. I'm going to do it, right? There was not hmm. none of that. And so... I think we could start by, you know, when I was in college, I took a rhetoric class at the University of Texas. Mm. And the the last essay of the course was choose a topic and, you know, run with it. Choose a topic and argue it, explore it, do research on it. And I chose uh, the subject of my essay was basically how technology is affecting our face-to-face communication with one another. Hmm. Um, And so that was sort of the first introduction of this idea. And how did you even, why was that important to you? Like, what what about that topic resonated with you? Yeah, I think I've always sort of been, you know, on social media. And I, I there's this just incredible rise of, of people who are using it. Hmm. Um, and it's affecting us in so many ways. I mean, people are, we're comparing each other, right? So I think there's a lot of negativity. You know, people are going on it for validation. But then there's positives. You know, there's a lot of cool takeaways. We're able to connect with people that we met in preschool. Uh, We're able to communicate. You know, we're completely more connected in today's world than we have ever been. Now, Ari, you did a program called Semester at Sea. Tell us about that experience. Um, When I studied abroad in college, I went on a program called Semester at Sea, where there's this big boat, almost like a cruise line. They remodel it into what they call floating university. And what was so cool about it is they, they take 400 students from you know, mainly in America from American universities, but also students that are coming in from abroad and different places around the world. And then there's 100 professors. Um, so there's probably what? about 500 students total. Well, Whoa. 500 people total. Man. You know how to swim? I do know how to swim, but I did <laughs> okay. not need to swim. <laughs> you know, it could have been a Titanic part two, but... Um, Just curious. I, mean, I don't think I would have known like, I don't know if there was a requirement. <laughs> so you have 400 students, 100 professors. Yes. Gotcha. And um, what we did was we traveled around the world. We went to 12 countries. You chose classes. You studied on the boat. And then every five days, they would drop you off in a new country. And what was so interesting about that experience is I didn't have internet. So I didn't have social media. You know, no YouTube, no Reddit, just email. Because that's what we had on the boat. That was how you turned in assignments. But I think that was a huge inspiration for me to do Project 4 Degrees. Because I was traveling, which, you know, I think is tough in itself, but not being able to be connected is even tougher. So they would drop off all 400 of us in a country that we've never been to. And we were unable to plan ahead. Um, 
None of the yelping. Yeah, no yelp. <laughs> no hotel bookings. You know, no, I'm going to book this tour because I want to go swimming and go snorkeling. It was none of that. And uh, huge inspiration to me because it was the first time that I was disconnected from the internet, but also being so successful at travel yeah. and, and connecting with people. It brought a huge, uh, it, it was enlightening. All right. All right. Now let me, I mean, I'm going to interrupt you here because I, you know, I teach classes and I have this rule where you can't use your cell phone mm-hmm. or your computer unless I ask you to do so for some sort of in-class exercise, right? Yeah. In the first two weeks, I mean, there is wailing, bloodletting, <laughs> people are screaming in the streets. They don't know how they're going to deal with it. And then by week three, it becomes a norm. Yeah. What was your transition process like getting on this boat? Obviously, you were on social media outlets mm-hmm. before. Yeah. But how long did it take you to, you know, get rid of the shakes and it, just yeah. live without social media uh, and YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was actually, um, for me personally, I think it was a little bit easier hmm. because you're on this boat with 400 new friends. Uh, and you know, you know, none of them when you first get on. So for me, it was, I think, easy because I gravitate, I thrive off people. Um, it was really important for me to kind of get to know those people, find a group of friends, connect with those people. I think for others, it was a lot different. What was really interesting is when you would go off the boat and you were in a country, you had some of the people had service. And um, I think at the beginning, some of our first stops, we were in Europe. I think our first stop was Italy. Hmm. And a lot of people were still on their phones, right? Oh, and they're Instagramming and they're, you know, calling their friends back home. Look where I am. Aren't you jealous? (laughs) Right. But actually over time, you know, our last country that we went in was Costa Rica. And I think you saw none of that because people just sort of embrace the fact that you're here and you're living in the present moment and you shouldn't distract yourself and take yourself away from that moment to, to, to connect with people other than the people you're with in that moment. Wow. So... Now, most people will know the Kevin Bacon experiment, <laughs> you know, six degrees of separation. Talk about this concept of four degrees. I yeah. mean, this is a new age for all of you folks who are north of 25. I mean, this may be a foreign concept, but take us into this notion of four degrees of separation. Yeah. I came across, you know, the six degrees of separation theory and something that's been around for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, you ever watch any Kevin Bacon movies? I did not. Well, I have seen Kevin Bacon in a movie, but I, it's really funny. People kept on making Kevin Bacon jokes when I was traveling, and I was like, "Who the hell is going? Who, who is this guy? What are they talking about? I was like, What's going on?" It's here? like me in class when I say Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> and they just look at me. And one day, I just said, I asked, "Does this resonate?" And they said, "No." I said, "Okay, uh-huh. well, Ferris Bueller." But anyway, so you kept hearing Kevin Bacon. Yeah. So. That was just funny because it was until I was in the middle of America that someone was like, you got to, I got to tell you all about this Kevin Bacon guy. Cause I just was hearing these jokes, but I'd never really got the full rundown about what it was all about. But anyways, so six degrees separation, it's just this concept that we're, uh, six people, six introductions away from anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pick someone and then you you could count six people in order to get in front of that person. And, um, so then I recently found this this theory that, you know, the four degrees of separation. It was a, a study in the at the University of Milan a couple of years ago. And it was uh, something that they did research on. And basically they discovered that because of technology, because of innovation, because of Facebook and Reddit and YouTube, we're now four degrees wow. separated. That's a, that's a huge – I mean, people – 
may listen to this and think from six to four, uh, that's a big jump. Yeah. That's Huge. a quantum leap. Huge. Yeah. Where you're looking at scaling into the billions of people. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it's crazy because I think like that was a couple of years ago too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, it's decreasing right now while we're speaking, <laughs> you know, as minimal as that may be. Yeah. I mean, we're, um, what's that, what the, the Metcalf theory that, uh, yes. that, you know, technology innovates uh, like a, I don't know how fast, but anyways, fast. Yeah, I know, yeah. Fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very fast. So anyways, I mean, like as we're speaking, I mean, it's decreasing and, and hmm. that's sort of really powerful. I think to me, especially in this very connected world and sort of where we're going and in that, that conversation that creates, right. Take us back to that final paper in your rhetoric class. Yeah. Because it, it seemed to me that in listening to you describe some of your research and your thoughts, there's sort of this weird paradox of being connected, but not really being connected. Mm, mm. Right. So I can trace, you know, four steps away to another individual, but if, as I'm hearing the experiences you had on the boat, mm. how connected mm. are, am I really to those folks that stand in between me and person number five? Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, it's something that we explored on the trip, hmm. you know, and something that I personally was affected by was, um, you know, is, is face to f- being connected, you know, in a, in the physical world to being connected online in in the digital world. Um, and there, there's a difference there. It's more, it's more powerful when you're with someone than hmm. you are online. You know, you, it's almost like it's a number, how many Facebook friends you have, Right. Hmm. It's 3000, but you know, how many people can you just message today and say, Hey, you want to get lunch? You know, what dictates a a connection? What defines it? And, um, you know, back to that paper, that rhetoric class, it was, you know, even today, even, even after I did so much research for that paper, after I wrote it, and even after this project, I don't know where I stand. Hmm. Um, I, I do have a lot of insight into how we should use technology and how we should use social media effectively, but there is no answer. (laughs) As with most of life, right? (laughs) There, right. There's no answer for anything. (laughs) Yeah. If if there was a day for you to be cynical listeners of the tribe, today is a day. As I tell my students, I mean, they ask me, what's the answer? I don't know what the hell the answer is. Right. Like you just. Yeah, you hope you can make the best decision possible in the moment. Yeah. But the truisms and the certainties, I mean, mm. they mm. aren't they aren't there. Definitely. So let me let me, let me get to this. Okay. You're going to start in LA and I want listeners, you need to close your eyes unless you're driving or walking across an intersection. And I want you to just just think about this. Ari's going to start in Los Angeles, California. You're going to travel from there to New York, New York. What are the rules of the game that you're about to play? It's mm, a good question. A uh, few rules. So the whole idea is that we're using social media to connect with people online, to plan rides and plan, you know, places for me to stay. The rules are only car, right? Only car. So no train, no boat. We're limited to car only. No payments. So no public transit, uh, no Uber, no Lyft, no trading, so no Craigslist, 
or any of those trading apps. Hey, I'll drive you here if you give me this. I'll give you a shoe. <laughs> you drive me for five miles. Exactly. Okay. And then no impromptu connections. Uh, a lot of people said, are you hitchhiking? We're not. People started to call us the modern hitchhikers because we're sort of reinventing the way we're hitchhiking in 2017. But no impromptu connection. So if I was to go into a bar in Nashville, Tennessee, I can't ask that person to drive me you know, to Louisville, Kentucky. It had to be someone within my network. Hmm. So it was all about using technology, you know, digital media, social media to basically connect with people and, and plan those things. So those were the limit. Those were sort of the guidelines. Those were the rules we set in place at the beginning of the trip. We actually, we were only doing this for rides. So we were planning on maybe, you know, staying in hotels, but eventually we added that element very early on in the trip because it made the trip more powerful. Hmm. Um, so we were meeting people that were, we were in a car with, and we were also meeting people at their homes. So take us to day one, and and you're also including talk about Oliver and, and sort of the role he played and how you conned him into this yeah. quest. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so Oliver, you know, I met a friend at UT. His name's Stephen Neiman. He's he became my best friend during winter breaks. During Thanksgiving breaks, me and Stephen would go home, and we would sort of combine social circles. We would combine groups. We would party together. We would hang out. Oliver was someone I was introduced to. And I think right off the back, we became really close friends because we had this creative vision about things. Um, we shared a passion for film, for photography, for documentaries. Mm. I became in extremely inspired by the work he was producing. He was shooting films. Uh, the photography that he was sharing with the world was just, I loved his, his work, his style. He began to love mine and what I was doing. Um, so about, I think, this this past spring, I reached out to him. And I said, hey, um, you know, can you do this with me? And he was like, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, no. Yeah, I mean, I, he. I think he was really interested, but he, he rejected it at first because he was graduating from BU, Boston University, and he didn't know what his life was going to be. Also, I, you know, he didn't really wrap his head around the idea. <laughs> Um, but eventually I was relentless about it. I'm like, I, I called him about, you know, three, three or four times more. And I said, Hey, you're, you're the guy, you know, <laughs> this is the perfect time. I convinced him this is a perfect time. You ended school. Um, most people go out and, you know, go on a trip to Hawaii or Europe and they relax, but you're not that kind of guy. And I said, you're, you're coming with me. And he eventually said, you know what? I am. I love the way you dealt with the rejection. We've been jumping into rejection over and over again on this podcast because that's, you know, dealing with rejection mm. and using it to fuel the next step and to think, okay, how do I reframe this? Yeah. What's another way to get to a yes? Mm -hmm. I think it's so critical for just living life in an yeah. adventurous way. So the fact that you get the no, but follow that up with four more more calls, and you're like, "Hey, listen, this is the time, man. This is this is a rare moment. This is yeah. a scarce opportunity. You got to do it." And he finally says, "Okay, I'm in." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And awesome. it was tough because I had to co sort of meet him halfway because at first the vision for the trip was that this can take a month, but it can take also five months. We didn't really know the speed of it, and he said, "We have to do this in thirty days because I need to get my life together." <laughs> 
And I said, that sounds ridiculous, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> we got it. You said, listen, so, 30 days. Yeah. And, and that like was definitely daunting to me because, you know, to me, this trip was just like, you know, let life kind of take, you know, take you to from L.A. to New York. And he limited that time to 30 days. And I said, oh, my God. We're going to do it. <laughs> Take us. This is nuts. Take us to day one. So yeah, day one was interesting because um, actually if you if you go back, you know, two or three days before day one when we actually left, um, I actually introduced this idea to my dad. And I uh, – he wasn't – he was someone who wasn't a part of the creative process because the, the, the vision was that the, the first scene of the movie was me knocking down his door in L.A., and basically telling him that I'm doing this crazy thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, whether you like it or not, I'm going to do it. But more so just it would be, I guess when you shoot a documentary, you don't want to just like tell the camera, you know, what it what we're shooting. It needs to come. It needs to be more natural. Yeah. The audience needs to sort of get it through conversation or, or visual uh, imagery. But um, anyways, that was the plan. And it was really interesting because he was the first person to say, like, like this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> so he he believed in it even less than Oliver. <laughs> yeah, I think Oliver. No, I think after some conversation, Oliver really got his head around it. He believed in it. Dad wasn't him. Um, but that dad, it was so interesting because dad didn't believe it because um, he's not on social media. So you know, it 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 was a really sort of a, a setback for me. Oh my god, should I actually do this? Hmm. You know. I ended up obviously doing it, but um, he, he, at first it was like someone who, who supports me with everything I do is not supportive this one time. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because everyone that I've talked to up to that point was someone who is avidly on social media or just, or just part of, part of this generation of, of people who use technology and people who are online. So, um, and they completely got it. Like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and so anyways, um, that was in, that was an interesting moment and, and sort of something that I think we'll include in the film and uh, it kind of represents that the generational gap between you know people my age millennials who are being raised up in with social media and then his generation who are some are on it some don't even are avoiding it <laughs> most of them have landlines exactly right? I mean, they still a... have home phones <laughs> okay so we started in LA so we started in LA. Um, and we, we, we set out to do it. And, and day one was interesting. We left really late. I had a friend who reached out, um, Gabe Polsky, who wanted to, to be the first ride from L.A. to San Diego. And, you know, I think at that point, we like there was no expectation. Um, what was really interesting about Oliver was he just his role was to make a captivating film. He wasn't a teammate at that point. Um, he was there to, to observe and to capture what I was doing, whether that meant I failed or succeeded. He knew that he was going to come away with some sort mm -hmm. of product that he can share. I was different. I was like, we're going to do this. <laughs> and, it's um, interesting. You know, I'm just thinking about this, right? I think it's, it's interesting. And we're going to hear what that relationship looked like yeah, in New York. Definitely. But I can see from Jump, there is this separation right sort of adventurer and then videographer yeah capturer of history mm. right mm. and to what extent does 
the person capturing the story Have play a role in the everything, journey? Everything. Wow. Everything, because it's your partner in crime. Like, this was a challenging experiment. And, um, you know, at, at first, he was a- always, like, excited and, and about it, but he wasn't, like, very... He was obviously rooting for me, but he didn't, he didn't, he was very open for failure, mm-hmm. I think, more so than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we failed, it's sometimes that's what makes the most compelling story, right? And how yeah. we bounce back from it. And maybe the documentary would be how he failed now, but how maybe he succeeded in, you know, in a few months from that, you know, and, and for me, I was sort of the opposite. So yeah, it was, <laughs> I think at the beginning, there was a lot of doubt. And just excitement. And so day one was interesting because I, I basically publicized the project online. Um, I didn't, this wasn't something that I publicized leading up to it. I wanted it to be very organic. I wanted it to be completely natural. And so um, I, I created this big letter to the world, I call it. Letter to the world basically outlined what the rules were, right? Um, and it was a plea for help. Hey, I'm going to do this and I need your help. You need to you know, share this letter on your, your social media. You need to, you know, contact your family, your friends, your uncles, your teachers, and ask them if they can open up their place or, or lend a ride. Um, and that message, you know, exploded. It had like, by the end of the trip, it had over like 350 to 400 shares on Facebook. And it drove, it really was the starting point of, of the whole experiment. Uh, because if it wasn't for that message to go viral, um, the, it would be less engaged. People yeah. would be less engaged. What do you think if after you'd hit the send button, three <laughs> hours later, you're like, crickets, 21 I, share. I, yeah. <laughs> well, that was a so such a scary moment. I, I think an hour in, I had like four shares. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I'm stuck in my hometown. <laughs> I guess I'll go to the Lakers game. Or yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Wait right. this thing I'll go out. surf on the beach for like the next four days until maybe this thing will actually happen. Uh, but um, yeah, I ended up, you know, texting my, my close friends. Hopefully they, they were the ones going to be more engaged at first and then it would sort of trickle down. Um, I knew at the beginning that this was going to be a snowball effect that like once I hit middle of America, people would be more engaged rather than me, like rather than at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause it's sort of like, Oh, like this is a crazy idea. But once he makes it halfway, it's like, Oh my God, I got, I want to be, I want to be part of this story. Mm. Um, so anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, Gabe was the first one. He drove us to, uh, to San Diego and then, um, we stayed at, you know, he was a first degree, um, you know, and then, uh, like that was just a, 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 and it was interesting what Gabe, what Gabe did because, uh, most of our rides were people who were going in that direction. They had to, and we'll get to that maybe later, mm. but, um, Gabe was someone who just believed in it. He believed in me. He's a close friend. And he spent three hours driving to San Diego that night and waking up early and driving back to work the next day. Yeah, there's a lesson here. The early adopters, right? Like early adopters are huge. They're huge. And they're the ones who normally it's because they don't have the journey to buy into yet. They're yeah. buying into you. Yes. Whereas the folks who are gonna pick up with you maybe in El Paso, they have this history of, oh man, he started in LA, now he's there. Yeah. Those folks are like, Hey, it's just about you. Mm-hmm. So he gets you to San Diego. Mm-hmm. 
Then what's the next giant? Because I'm looking at, and for folks out there, you've got to follow Ari on Instagram. Here's a post. Looking for a ride from El Paso to San Antonio or <laughs> Austin, Texas tomorrow, June 18th. Yeah. And I love how you like post the exact same message three times in a yeah. row. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, that's really interesting you, you point that out because, you know, at the beginning of the journey, um, you know, uh, I didn't really know how I was going to create engagement online. Um, it was when I was doing it, I was like, okay, this is a cool idea. I'm just going to do it. Like there were so many things I put out into the world and hopefully people kind of grabbed to and said, okay, this is great content. I'm going to engage with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, that was one thing we did was we posted, you know, visual images of sort of locations at which, where I was and how, you know, what was the next leg. So people can then engage with that image online and they would comment on it and, and they would tag their friends. It was an easy way for people to be engaged. What are, what are you using to shoot? I mean, you've, again, it's, it's Ari Goot. So A-R-I-G-O-O-T uh-huh. for you tribe folks out there to want to jump on the Instagram and check these pics out. They're awesome. They're stunning. What are you using to capture? Is this an iPhone? Don't tell me it's an <laughs> iPhone because I'm, I'm an Android guy. and I'm going to be very, very disappointed in myself. Uh, no, it was a, uh, a, a, um, digital camera. It was a Fujifilm compact camera. Uh, I think it's the X-T1. Um, Darren writes down details now and <laughs> goes on Amazon later. <laughs> Fuji X-T1. Yes. Um, or the X-T10. It was either X-T1 or the X-T10. One of those for sure. 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, we, you know, after San Diego, we went to, you know, Tucson, Arizona, where we met our first, our first second degree who took us in to her home, which was really started to create more meaning in the trip because that before that it was all first degrees. It felt like just something that I was, I was just traveling with friends. Once we got to Tucson, Arizona, we were with a second degree who we never met. And that's when the trip sort of went from, I'm just traveling to, this is sort of now exploring it's this the, what we're, we set out to do, which is to to be, you know, connected to to people that we've never been connected to in the past, and so that was powerful. When does a relationship go from awkward to we're just homies? I mean, oh man, <laughs> yeah. Is it alcohol induced? I mean, what, what is that it like can turning be. point? Right? It can be right. It can be. <laughs> we had so many. You know, we were in cars with so many people, and. um uh, the car is such an intimate environment. Holy yeah. shit. Um, you're not at a bar and talking to this new person. We all, we always say, Hey man, you want to go on, you know, Hey girl, Hey man, you want to go on to a, a coffee shop? You're in this environment where that's supposed to be taking place. But the car, you're literally like some of these cars were in these tiny cars and we're touching <laughs> like our hands are like the, uh, you know, resting on the same, you know, hand rest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and and some relationships took a lot longer to to connect with, and some didn't. I think like what was really interesting is that like some people connect, we connected in different ways. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, the car is is a music jukebox. You know, sometimes we just blasted music and sang to sang to songs. Uh, mm-hmm. Other times we had um, conversations about you know politics or mm-hmm. or our differences in Arkansas. We talked, uh, had a huge conversation about just guns hmm. because it's a good place to have the conversation. Right. And, and, you know, me and Oliver come from, you know, an upper, both upper class families straight out of LA, uh, you know, both 
you know, just extremely liberal, um, you know, very into music, art, entertainment. So sometimes, you know, especially when we were in middle America, we, um, you know, had very incredible conversations. Hmm. Some car rides, we were silent. We just like, you know, windows down and we just hung out. Hmm. There were times where Oliver fell asleep. I fell asleep. <laughs> but that didn't stop. It just sort of, we, we sort of start, started to just embrace those things. Yeah. I remember at the beginning we were with, um, in Tennessee, we were with some, a second degree and like Oliver was, <laughs> he was in the middle. So the, the car was sort of full, I think. And he chose the middle seat. And he fell asleep in the middle seat. And like, I got out of the car and I yelled at Oliver. I was like, what are you doing? Like, this trip is about connection and, and getting to know people. And the middle seat is the one that's supposed to sort of... Uh, You're an energy driver. It's an energy driver, yeah. yeah. You know, take take the, you know, what's the side seat called? I don't even know. Take, yeah. take the side seat, you know. But he, the middle seat is like, come on, man. You got to at least say something <laughs> do something so but then you know later on in the trip i started to embrace those things and um that 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 was meant to be and um you know so we needed a rest huh Oliver yeah. needed some rest let me ask you this when did the relationship the the oliver ari relationship take a turn um i think oh man i don't remember the the, the state that we were in but um I think it was, I would say like just the, in the middle, like maybe like day, day 15, mm-hmm. um, he really started to see my passion behind this project that I was dedicated to, to, to succeed. Uh, and that I was willing, you know, I, I, I um, and I think he just got behind the the passion that I had and the, and mm-hmm. the, the the motivation I had to complete this thing, <laughs> whether it you know and and that was really hard. And I think like that may lead it into a conversation about like social media as a whole in this whole project. Was it was really hard. The biggest challenge for me was being able to connect with someone in the present moment, being able to be in a car with someone, and to to look at them and to say things and to converse with them and to connect with them, but also having to pull away from that and to then plan my next connection and to, to to remove myself from the present moment to actually become more present online. And I think my trip was sort of an exaggeration of what we experience every day and what we see more of every day. Mm. Um, you know, I could talk so much about this concept. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, just in hearing the way that you're living it, right? Because you're having these real conversations, relationships, encounters with humans because of social media, and you're trying to make them genuine mm-hmm. in real sa- in real time. And same at the same time, you're also plotting your next move, which happens mm. to be on social media. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And and it's so. That was so challenging because I think the expectation when we first started the project was like, um, you know, we kind of looked at it in a, po- a more positive way. Like social media is going to get us from across country. Hmm. And that's really cool. No one's done that. But then you start to think like if you compare this to a normal road trip with all your guy friends, you know, it's a lot different because um, 
you had to you have to remove yourself from those f- times. You have to literally say, "Hey, I can't talk right now. I got to check my phone and I have to you know, have to figure out a ride from West Virginia to Washington DC." That's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You know, it's not at all. And and it's not like a quick, you know, um uh you know, it's not just a few messages. It's it's people are some some places were harder than others. Mm. Um you know, my biggest network on paper is LA, UT, Austin, and uh New York. But <laughs> you were like at the beginning, in the middle, you know, and at the end. <laughs> but you know, I had it was a miracle in West Virginia because I knew one girl from West Virginia who I met on semester at sea, and she happened to know someone who was coming in back to West Virginia where she was from to go to a wedding that weekend and then go back to Washington, D.C. for work. And it was a miracle. Wow. It was insane. Wow. <laughs> that is nuts. Take us to New York. Okay, so how many days did it take you to get to New York? Um, it took us 26 days. 26 days wow, to get to New York. Wow, so Oliver was, was pleased. <laughs> he came in out of the wire. Exactly. Under budget, yeah. Yeah, so New York was, was uh, a celebration. Um, 100%. Uh, we went, you know, we had... Throughout the trip, we had, you know, a lot of third degrees, a lot of second degrees. We never hit a fourth degree, hmm. um, which was, you know, I think proves the concept even more. Um, but sort of I look at it and I say it's kind of unfortunate because it would have been sort of interesting to see that, you know. Yeah, to have it. Um, but New York was incredible. I mean, you know, the the... the landscape of New York says it all. You know, we went from LA to Austin to all of middle of America and, and and sort of uh, the, the different environments that you see, you know, we (laughs) saw, you know, New Mexico, we were in in, in sand, you know, in LA, we were in palm, you know, palm trees on, you know, uh, sunset Boulevard. And then, you know, you're in middle of America. You're, it's just, just, just land. You look left and right and it's just land. And then you're in New York and you're like, this is a melting pot and mm. you got high rises and it's, it's a cool moment. Congrats, man. I know when I read your story in the Washington post, it, it was incredible. I thought this is amazing, mm. right? Just to chart this unknown journey and to live through it. Because I think a lot of people would get to the point where they say, Oh, this would be cool. Some people may call an Oliver. How many people actually go to the starting point? How many people survive the dad who says you're crazy as hell mm. and just starts it, right? I mean, I think there are so many different points on this journey where it would be easy for most of us to say, screw it. But for some reason, got a lot of courage, got a lot of a lot of guts. You just said, I'm doing it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, listen, here we go. Two minute drill. Okay. <laughs> Last tweet. Last tweet. So Ari's got to send one last tweet out to humanity. Oh, man. This is it for you. Okay. You're off of social media after this. <laughs> this is, you're done. Um, inspire yourself. Inspire others. And spread as much love as you can everywhere you go. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. One course. Mm. Mandatory for every college student on planet earth 
That's an interesting one. I would say I'm stumped. <laughs> you got something in you. I, I believe in you. I got something. Um, I would say uh, people, compassion, and conversation. Woo! I may steal that one. <laughs> I think after this, I'm going to go and get the trademark on that. People, compassion, yes, and conversation. And conversation. I think we need more people giving us the skills to converse with others. Wow. Period. One piece of advice from you. I mean, I feel like, all right, how old are you? You're 20, 23. 23. You've lived about three lives in the span of a quarter of a century. Mm-hmm. And so I think it'd be great for folks in the tribe. I mean, without any money. Without any money. W- without any money. <laughs> tribe, listen to this. You don't need the big bank account to go out there and have an adventure, right? And to uh-huh. learn and to, uh-huh. and to connect with people. I think you're probably better suited than a lot of guests we've had on the show to give give the tribe some pieces of advice. Just freestyle. You know, this is a this is a Ari on the deathbed talking to the grandkids. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um my biggest advice would be for, you know is being non-judgmental. Hmm. I think um you know, I I'm not in a place where I can give advice on how to make money. Um I'm in no place to to talk about, you know, how to have a successful career. I, I think what I've done in the work that I've showed is 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 creativity. Being disruptive is is huge. It's mm. just trying to disrupt things. Well said, brother. All right, thank you so much for joining the tribe, man. You have blessed us. <laughs> you have definitely dropped some nuggets of wisdom that our listeners will be if they follow some of the words, you know, that, that you've that you've spoken and the advice, they'll be better people. So thank you so much for thank joining you. the tribe today. And all of you out there, thanks for listening to today's show and conversation. For show notes and to get goodies to all of the links from the show, visit a tribe called yes.com. And we have one ask for you. If you like us, and we know that you do, go on iTunes and give us a rating so we can help spread the gospel of the tribe. We would be so thankful. Special thanks to Samantha Skinner and Jacob Weiss, our co-producers here at La Universidad de Tejas. And don't forget, tribe, to keep saying yes. Yes.